I want to go straight to the Word. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 31, verses 25 through 29. If you have your Bibles, open them. If you don't, get on your phone, get the Bible app, go to it there. If you don't have that, shame on you. You need a Bible in your hand as much as possible. Somebody say amen when they get there. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and we, she gives instructions, excuse me, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I, I praise you. God, it seems every week that you continue to humble me and teach me. I praise you for that. I ask that you continue to do that, continue to humble me, continue to humble our church, our leadership. God, keep us on the right path. Do not allow us to sway to the left or the right. Always make us recognize when we start to get off your path. And then God, give us the obedience to get right back on it. God, I want to praise you for my family, for my church family. God, the love that something you've reminded me of this week is just how fortunate I am to have the love that I have. I praise you for that. And God, I ask that everybody in this room and everyone that's watching online, God, I ask that they feel that same love. I want to praise you for this family series that that we've had going the last few weeks. Again, you've, you teach me every week. <laughs> it never seems to fail when I think I know it all, God, you humble me. God, I ask that the people that are here today, that they open their hearts, they open their minds, and they accept your word. Today, preaching on mothers, God, just I ask that each woman that walks out of this room today either feels... That they, that they know that they have what it takes to be a warrior mother, or God, I ask that if they don't feel that way, that they come to us for help, because that's what this is all about. It's not about selfish pride or somebody being scared to step in and ask for help, God. It, it's about growing your kingdom, and the best way to do that is through our homes. And God, last in this moment, I just ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. God, I ask that you take out all my pride, my anger, my selfishness, my doubt, my worry. God, I ask that you take it and you cast it away and you replace it with your love, your breath, your boldness, and God, your peace. I claim these things in your name. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us forgive. Amen. Mm. All right. So, the title for this last few weeks has been Warrior Family. This is a series that we started a few weeks back. We started with how a family is supposed to be structured in the beginning. We started in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Then we went from there to Warrior Husband. We went from there to Warrior Wife, which that was a lot of fun, by the way. That was, that was a lot of fun. I caught a little bit of flack on the Warrior Wife thing, but not a lot. Thank you, ladies, for giving me grace and mercy on that. 
And then we talked about warrior father last week. Now it's warrior mother. The most selfless job in the entire world is a mother. They basically take a back seat at all points in time throughout their life as they're raising children and then also to the husband. It is the most selfless job. I also believe it is probably the job that is not appreciated enough of every position that God puts in the family and on this earth. That is an anointed position, by the way. I need every lady in this room to understand something. If you have had a child, God has anointed you a mother. He has the power to stop that if he wants to. I know a lot of times we struggle with people and we see that they're having children and you're like, really? I need y'all to understand, God anointed them a mother. They have it in them to be a good mother. Sometimes they just hadn't been taught the right way. Hopefully after today, I can point out some things to you guys that God has shown me that I feel will grow not only those mothers, but also the ones that are seasoned vets, the ones that know what they're doing and have done a phenomenal job raising kids. Because the good thing is, is if you take the ones that are those seasoned vets and we instill something in them today that they didn't know, they can pass that on to their next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And that's what this family series has been all about. It's not about just your family now, guys. It's about building a dynasty that you leave behind for generation to generation to generation. Christian Warriors Church is not just going to be a one-family church. Number one, this is not a church. It's a movement. The difference between churches and a movement, churches come and go, movements never stop. This will not stop. You have my word on that. This is something that we need to continue to pass down to our children, and then they can grow that next generation. Then their children can grow that next generation, so forth and so on. Are y'all catching on? Y'all get where I'm going here with this whole family series? That's what this was all about. Sure, we've got problems now. We've got things that we're struggling with that we need to take care of now, and that's great. But remember, while you're doing that, you're teaching your kids. If you don't have kids, soak it in. It's something you can use when you do have kids. I truly believe this, that without a true Christian mother in the home, it is impossible to structure the strong foundation that God intended for the family. As a warrior mother, there are three things. Again, these are just three things. that I, There are a lot of things, don't get me wrong, guys, that I believe you can do as a mother to grow your family. But these were the three main points. I don't have time to go over all of them, so we're just going to go over three. But the three main points that I believe that it's going to take to get your children to know and understand to where they can know God, love God, and serve God are plant seeds, lead by example, and pray. As a mother, these are the three things that if you do, I believe these are the three most important things that will get your children on the right path. Planting seeds or teaching, basically. As a mother, your job is to teach your children God's word. I want to go to Deuteronomy 6-7. You shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's teaching on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truths. And you shall speak to them when you sit up in your house, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You shall teach them diligently. You are to teach and instruct your children in ways 
of the Lord as soon as they are capable to understand them. That's important. A lot of us look at that differently. Some kids are different than others. Uh, Annabelle, my oldest, when she was three years old, I think she knew everything that was going on in the world. She's more mature at 14 by far than I am at 37. So, yes, I'm 37. I know y'all thought I was younger than that, but I'm 37. Um, then you have Sadie, who, you know, maybe she was a little older than that before she kind of caught on, and we knew that she could kind of soak in the knowledge that we were trying to give her. And, and, then, and then I got Caroline. For those of y'all that know my youngest, Caroline, she's, 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 she's tough, man. She's seven years old, and she can't sit still. She don't know if she's coming or going. She may be 20 before we can get this soaked into her head. But I'll promise you this, we're going to keep pounding it into her until she does. So teach it to your kids as soon as they can. Obviously, they're capable enough to understand it. <laughs> you shall speak of them when you sit in your house. Okay? I'm breaking down this verse. As you sit in your house. So in other words, that's mealtime, that's game nights, or any other leisure time. All of those times, every, every chance that you get, you should be instilling God's knowledge and wisdom into the minds of these children. Now, here's what I need you to grasp, and I'm going to tell you why this is so important. You only got 18 years. Moms, you got 18 years. Some of you might be lucky enough that your kid maybe stays in Texarkana for college or stays somewhere close by to where you see them more often, but truth be told, you've got 18 years. At that point in time, they are an adult. And if they're anything like my 14-year-old, I think she thinks she's an adult now. But the thing is, guys, that's a short amount of time. I mean, let's see, 18, that's half my life. Half my life has gone by, and that's all I'm going to get with my kids. It's so important, guys, that every chance that you get moms, you're soaking the knowledge and wisdom into your children. That goes for you dads, too. I know I'm preaching about moms today, but it needs to be instilled every chance you get into your children. When you walk on the road, you should be teaching outside the home as well, either during travel or even just running errands. The way that you can do that, and we'll get to that in a minute, is really just leading by example. But, you know, when you go run errands, be polite to people. You know what I'm saying? There's just simple things that you can do that will instill that into your children, that love and that compassion that God wants them to have. When you lie down and when you get up. What I get from that verse, this, this part of the verse, you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you get up, before you go to sleep, after you wake up, you should be praying with your children. This verse, when you read it, you know, it's talking about on the road, it's talking about in your home, it's talking about when you lay down. And when it, basically what God's trying to tell you right here, through Moses, by the way, that's speaking this, you need to be teaching your children 24-7. As a parent, as a mom, and as a parent, your number one job, your number one job, is to do everything that you possibly can in 18 years to get your kids on the right track and that get them to build a relationship with God. That's your number one job. Nothing else matters. Nothing. 
A job does not matter compared to this. A title does not matter compared to this. Brand new shoes and clothes do not matter compared to this. All that matters is that you get your children on the right path. It tells you in the book of Isaiah to plant seeds in your kids' minds. And the reason why it tells you this in Isaiah is it tells you that what will happen is, is evil will attack at some point in time. Now, soaking this into your kids, they may not take it in as much as you think at that point in time, but the Word tells you that if you'll just teach it to them and speak it to them, at some point evil will attack and they'll remember it. Because what's happening is, is it's not them that's remembering it, it's the spirit that is inside of them that will remember this. When you speak it to them, the spirit will grab that, they'll hold it, and it will be used when it's the proper time. So regardless if you think your kid is not quite grasping it or not, continue to speak it. You have to be repetitive with your children, especially at young ages. You have to be repetitive. Because the thing is, guys, I'm starting to see in the world that we live in today, Satan is attacking our children at younger ages. I can remember when I was a kid, I mean, I didn't have bad thoughts or think evil or anything of that nature probably until I was, oh man, I don't know, early teenage years, 12, 13, 14. Now, guys, it's sad. I mean, I wouldn't even go down this road, but guys, keep an eye on your children with technology. Okay? My kid was playing a game last year. I remember this. This is Sadie, who's now, you know, she's, she's at an age now that this is when I start to see Satan attacking. It's that 10 to 11-year age, but this was a couple years ago. She was nine. She's playing a game, a game on the iPad, a kid's game, and there's somebody trying to message her. My kid's nine. That's some scary stuff, guys. If you're not watching what your children are doing, you're allowing Satan to come in your home. You're allowing him to come into your kid's mind and to try and take over. Don't let that happen. Mothers, this is where y'all come in. I know every household is different, so I can only speak on my household. I, I work a lot, and my wife is at home with those kids all the time. So she knows it's her job during the day to protect my children, to teach my children. When I get home from work, it's my time. It's my turn to step up. She's been doing it all day. She's tired. It's my turn. But moms, keep an eye on technology. I cannot stress that enough. There's some scary stuff out there. If they want to get on technology, tell them to go to Christian Warriors Church Facebook or something. <laughs> Number two, leading by example. In other words, living God's word. Actually living and walking God's word throughout your day. As a mother, you should set the example of, a strong, of strong Christian values to your children. I want to go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is what love for God is. To keep his commands, 
Now, his commands are not a burden. As a mother, the way to set a good example for your children is to love God and to keep his commands. It's basically what this verse is saying. It's pretty simple. I want to explain something to you guys, which is the power of love, because it's talking about, for this is what love for God is. If you're not getting the respect at home, moms, that you feel that you deserve, I want you to ask yourself if you're loving your children the way that you should. You know, God gives us commands through his word. For instance, for the man, it is to be a man of one wife. It is to love your wife like Christ loves the church. We discussed that a few weeks ago. Last week, the command to the wife is to respect the husband as long as he's staying in those boundaries of love, right? Mom, your command is to love your children. That's your command. I want you to think about if you're not getting respect at home from your kids, are you loving them the right way? If you love your kids the right way, they will love to respect you. If you're not showing that love, it's hard to get respect. You know, this is where it comes in. It's funny because I talked about this a few weeks ago with us husbands. You know, we need to love our wives in order to gain the respect that we're talking about, right? This is where it reverses on you wives. Now y'all have got to love these children so they'll respect you. Love and respect go so far in a family. It is, it, that is the two things. That is the two things, besides your relationship with God, obviously. Those are the two things, love and respect, that will build your home and build it on solid ground. The minute you get away from it, you're building it on sand, and it's going to be wiped out. Love and respect. I was talking about how your command is to love. That's actually in Titus chapter 2. I looked that up earlier this morning. and Guys, it, it's, it's crazy to me how many times I see in a home from families and couples maybe that I'm counseling, parents think they're loving their children, but the problem is, is they were raised a certain way from their parents, which they thought was love, and it really wasn't. For some reason, people think that the way their parents did it was the right way. And I figured it out. The people that think that, even if it's wrong, the people that were raised by their parents and maybe it was an abusive relationship, maybe they watched their parents constantly fight, it was an abusive marriage, they grow up, they get out in the real world. The ones that think it's right are the ones that don't go to church. They're the ones that don't pick up their Bible and open it and actually understand what true love really is. It's so important that you're teaching your children true love. Not worldly love, true love. Moms, I want you to make sure that you're leading by example. This example, again, of love, that's what's most important. There's no greater love than a mother's love for her children. I want you to really think about that. I mean, what other love is greater than the love of the mother for their children? I mean, listen, I love my girls. I got three daughters. I love them so much. 
that's my world. But the thing is, there's a connection that you mothers have that us fathers don't. Y'all actually birthed those child. You've known those children longer than I have. I'm speaking to my wife here. She knew them nine months prior, right? Ladies, y'all have a love that we as men will never fully understand. We think we do. I've realized that. I've realized that the love that I have for my children, which is very strong, my wife is three times that with them because of that connection that God gave them. He made it that way, guys. Y'all's power is so strong, and what scares me is we talked about this a couple weeks ago where you've got families that are fatherless. I can't remember all the statistics, forgive me, but I think it was 90% of rapists, 70% of homeless. Um, I think it was 80% of everybody that was in prison. One thing they had in common, they were all fatherless. They grew up in a fatherless home. What about a motherless home? That's scary. Because if the mom's not in the home, that true love is never felt and it's never taught. Because us men don't understand it. So moms, you have such a huge job. Make sure you guys are instilling that into your children constantly. Love your children. Love them with that passion that God gave you. Because again, us men don't understand it. I don't have a problem saying that, and I bet most of the men in here don't either. You know, us men, we're, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. You, you know, I'll never forget as a kid, I, I, was, I was running around at, at the house one day, and, and I, was, I was hitting golf balls in the backyard. I used to play a lot of golf. For those of y'all that don't know, I used to play a lot of golf. And I was hitting golf balls in the backyard, and, and I was practicing my flop shot. Okay, Does anybody, who, who plays golf in here? Raise your hand. Who knows a flop shot? Raise your hand. Okay, y'all just ain't good enough. You got to know the flop shot, okay? <laughs> flop shot, you get a six-degree wedge, you open it wide open, and you basically take a full swing at it, and the, the club goes under the ball, basically hits it straight up in there and straight down. It, it usually goes 20, 30 yards tops, right? So I'm practicing this shot. And I'm practicing it in, in front of this concrete, okay, it was our driveway, and, and I don't know how long it was, however long the driveway is, right, from me to Kyle, something like that. So I'm, I'm practicing this flop shot, and I'm doing about a half swing, so I'm wanting it to just go over it and fall down, and I'm kind of practicing it like, I'm pretending like that's, a, that's water in front of me, right? That's kind of my thought process. So I'm, I'm banging balls, and I'm banging balls, and I'm banging balls. And I hit one. And next thing I know, I wake up in the hospital. Yeah, right? I don't even know what happened. No clue. So waking up in the hospital, I'm getting stitched up under this eye. It's like 10 stitches. I hit the golf ball. The concrete was raised up about that much. I bladed it. For those of y'all who don't know what that is, it's when you hit the ball about halfway and it just goes about yay high off the ground. And just like. Well, anyway, it hit that concrete and it came back up and it hit me in the eye and it knocked me out. Woke up in the hospital. Like, how's that happen? But what I remember is this. When I woke up in the hospital, obviously I had the worst headache in the world, right? I mean, my head is pounding. I'm hurting, so I'm keeping my, I'm, I'm very young at this time, okay? So I'm crying, right? Like, I wasn't, I wasn't a grown man, you know, so it was like 10 years ago. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. No, I think I was like 9 or 10. But anyway, I'm crying, man. It's hurting, right? My mom and my dad are standing there. My dad looks at me and says, hush. 
my mom looks at me and says, oh my gosh, are you okay? I'll make sure you're all right. You know, she's loving on me and so forth. That's the difference, guys. Men don't understand. We have no idea. We're rough. We're tough. Like, you know, somebody, you know, your kid gets a scratch, you know, we're not going to put a Band-Aid on it. Just rub some dirt on it, right? Mom's going to go over there. She's going to get, you know, neosporin and whatever else that other stuff is. She's going to rub it on there. She's going to gently put the Band-Aid on there. Gently. Where if I'm putting one on there, it's, you know, there's your Band-Aid. So that's the difference, guys. If you don't have a mother in the home, that true, gentle love is not felt. You ladies have an important job. I have a lot of respect for you, too, because it's not something I'm good at. My mom was amazing at that. She always did a phenomenal job of being that gentle person because God knows my father was not. Ladies, make sure you're teaching that to your children. <laughs> Patience is key in leading by example. I'm going to say that again. Patience is key when leading by example. You moms are amazing. Like, I'll come home from work. I've been working all day, right? Come home, kids drive me crazy. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Amanda looks at me. She says, I've been doing this for eight hours. You know, what's the matter with you? One of the things that drives me crazy is that, and I, I preached on this a while back, I don't know how many times I hear mom in my house. Like, how many times y'all hear mom? Right? How many times you hear dad? Like, I can do some stuff too. Or I do something, you know? So what I did is I actually came up with a list of, of, of questions that children always ask their mom. Mom, where are my shoes? Mom, what's for supper? Mom, where are my glasses? That's Caroline. Caroline always looking for them glasses. And she can see. Like, it's not because she can't see. I knew y'all would look at that. Like, well, she can't see, Mike. Of course she don't wear glasses. No, she can see. Mom, can you fix my hair? Oh, my gosh, I hear that all the time. Mom, what time is it? Mom, where is my homework? Mom, can I have a friend over? Mom, can I go out with my friends? No. Especially if there's a boy. Mom, can I play with your phone? How many times you moms hear that? Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I swear, like, that's the number one now, is, Mom, can I play with your phone? Mom, where is my mask? I had to throw that in with COVID because we get that all the time now. Mom, where is my phone? Mom, how are babies made? <laughs> and then I came up with the questions for Dad. Amen, moms. We love y'all. That's the truth. I don't know. My, mom, my wife's kind of the fixer in the house. She kind of takes care of all that stuff. It depends on what it is. You know, if they need something heavy taken care of, I can handle that. You know, I'm a man. But if it's like little things, and, and everybody at the church knows this, by the way, I hate little stuff like that. Like, if you get a piece of furniture from Ikea, don't even bring it to me. I don't want anything to do with it. Now, I'll pick it up in the box, and I'll bring it to you. But I'm not putting it together. There's too many pieces there. I, already I'm confused. So, yeah, we'll stay away from that. Number three, pray for your kids. You should stay in constant prayer for your children, ladies. 
I know how hard it is, again, we talked about this earlier, how hard it is to raise kids today with everything that's out there, but I have ladies that ask this question, and I, and I wanted to bring this up. What if, this is, this is ladies that have asked me this, what, what happens if I do all I can, and after 18 years, my child is not a Christian? Ladies, it's your job to do all you can to take care of the possible. You can only train your child for so long. At some point, they're on their own. At some point, they have a choice to make of what direction they want to go. Doesn't matter how great a teacher you are or you're not. They get to make that decision. So again, you worry about the possible. That's the possible. You're 18 years with that kid, let God worry about the impossible. My kid, Annabelle, 14 years old now, and, and it's hard for me, I'm starting to see this with her. She won't listen to parents as much as she used to. Don't get me wrong, I got a great kid. Most of y'all know her, she's amazing. But I'm starting to see that a lot of things that I'm trying to teach my child is going in one ear and out the other. And let me tell you something, I'm a pastor, so she ain't listening to me, she ain't listening to none of y'all, okay? I'm having to trust God more with my children. My prayer now, every day, is not that God gives me the wisdom and knowledge to give her. I still pray for that, but now I end it with God strengthen y'all's relationship. Make sure she keeps coming to you with every problem, with every situation that she has, God, don't let her turn somewhere else. Have her turn to you. That's my prayer now for my 14-year-old. At some point, you have to let go. You have to trust God that he's going to take over. And the thing is, guys, if you do all you can as a parent, I promise you, they'll be fine. Mikey just said it back there, and I was going to bring that, that verse and put it on the screen today. Most of y'all know it. Raise your children on the right path, and at some point they'll fall away, but they will come back. Make sure in 18 years you're instilling all you can, Mom. And that's so important. Y'all have one more job, ladies. This is the last job I'm going to bring up to you. Y'all have to keep us husbands in check. Us husbands and fathers, it's like I'm saying here earlier, you know, y'all have certain gifts that we just do not have. The things that you need to always watch with your husband, is he disciplining the correct way? In other words, is it out of anger or is it out of love? When Amanda, she does such a good job of keeping me in check. I know y'all can't imagine that, but she does. She does an amazing job keeping me in check all the time, especially when I don't ask for it. She's really good at that when I don't ask for it. For those of y'all that are new, this guy talks a lot back here in the back. So don't be surprised if I just ignore it and just keep preaching, okay? I love you, Mikey. So, 
she's really good to point out when I'm disciplining out of anger. Matter of fact, she's the one that's taught me, give it 48 hours. Give it some time. Go pray. And boy, isn't that the hardest time to pray, by the way? When your kids do something wrong, and like you just want to put that five-finger ministry on them, but you can't, you know what I'm saying? So, so you go pray. Like, I'm not good at that conversation with God. I, I try to talk to him in those situations, and, and I will talk to him, but here's the thing. I really don't even give him time to, to talk back. Like, it's just me talking. So honestly, if you feel that pride and that anger, walk away and start praying. God, give me patience, God. Give me patience. Teach me how to handle this. He will. He truly will. Just your submission alone, even though it's hard to do, and even though you may not even be full-heartedly there in that prayer, because he knows it's hard. He made you, right? He made you. He knows it's hard. Go to him and tell him. God, I'm, and be honest. God, listen, I'm not all in this prayer. I'm not, because I'm struggling. I just want to go beat my child right now. But here's the thing. I know I can't do that. I know you need to teach me the right. And I'm not saying don't whip your kids, by the way. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Now, not beat your kids. I said whip your kids. Discipline your kids. Somebody's going to see this. They're going to chop this up on a video. And they're going to be like, see, this pastor said you go beat your kids. That's not what I'm talking about. But, guys, disciplining your children the right way will make a world of difference for generations. Understood? Okay. So wives, that's your job. Make sure that the husband's doing that correctly. Make sure your husband is patient with the child. In other words, I just did it a minute ago. Annabelle walks up to me. Dad, can I go? No. Dad, can I go? No. Can I do this? No. Like, I already know what's coming out. And I already know I'm going to say no, right? Again, especially if there's a boy involved. So, so I'm going to say no. <clears throat> My wife is so good at don't do that. I know you're going to say no, but let her finish. And then act like you're actually thinking about it. <laughs> so I do. She, she tells me, and then I sit there, and I'm one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. No. <laughs> Amanda's great at that. And, and ladies, that, that should be, I know it's hard, because you already got to take care of the kids, but you got to take care of one more kid. you got to take care of the husband. Make sure that the father is showing the child love and compassion. In other words, make sure they're spending quality time with the kids. Date nights are great, guys. You know, even if it's just, uh, you know, we do this, we'll just light a fire, play games, I mean, whatever it is. But make sure that you have that connection with your children, uh, sons or daughters. It doesn't matter, you know. I mean, I have daughters, so that's why anytime I'm speaking on this, you guys with, with boys, number one, I'm jealous of you, and then number two, just understand that that's why I'm preaching on girls because that's all I have it's all the it's all I just I can't preach on anything else but make sure that you're getting that quality time with them guys is the husband providing the correct way okay guys I I'm almost done and I need y'all to really get this point ladies moms this is important is he providing financially socially and spiritually two weeks ago we talked about that verse you must provide for your family, especially your own household. If you do not, you're worse than an unbeliever. That's what the Word says. So you moms, it's your job to make sure that the husband and the father is doing that. Make sure that they are supplying financially to where you can put a roof over their head and so forth. Socially, they're teaching their kids the ways of the world. I'm not going to go over all this because we did the other day. But spiritually, this is where I want to I catch. I want y'all, y'all got to get this. Again, through counseling, a lot of ladies come in and they say, my husband, my father, the father of my children is not supplying the household spiritually. They're not leading in that way. They're doing a great job with finances now. 
They work 24-7. They're doing a good job of teaching my children the ways of the world. They don't pray with my kids. They don't bring them to church. They don't set foot in the church. Ladies, a couple weeks ago, I preached on being submissive to your husband. This is the time. If they're not leading your family spiritually, it's time for you to take over. I got scripture to back it up. I've been looking for this, and it took me a while to find it, but I got it. I want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. This is Paul. Writing a letter to Timothy. For those of you that don't know Timothy, I'm going to give you a quick background check. Paul was Timothy's mentor. Timothy was a young man. He was a pastor, if you will, of the early church. Did a phenomenal job. Great man. This is Paul writing to him. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your Mother, and I can never pronounce this name, so if I ever come across this, I'll just say E, okay? So, thank you, Eunice. Thank you, Eunice. And your mother, Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. Okay. In Acts chapter 14, that's the first time that Timothy appears. And Paul and Silas are there, and they come across him. And it says in chapter 16 of Acts that the father was an unbeliever. He did not believe in Jesus Christ. Grandmother and mother took over. Y'all see that? If the man's not leading spiritually the right way, mom, you now have another job. That sucks. It's not fair. But you do. You got to step up. You got to start taking those kids to church. You got to start praying with those kids. And what you do is you do that. You don't belittle that husband, by the way, and that father. You lead by example and you pray for him constantly. Let God take over, not your own anger and your pride. That will change things in your household. That's what proves to me that it's time for the woman to take over if that man's not doing the job. And listen, I know this is a sermon on women, and you guys get mad at me every time I talk about y'all, but I'm sorry, I'm going to do it anyway. Guys, if you're not spiritually leading the household, get out of the way and let your wife do it until you learn how. Amen? If you're not a mom at home, but you're part of this church, make no mistake about it, you're now a mom. There's a lot more screwed up kids in here than there is in a household. You have the opportunity to be a mother. You know, I think about that a lot. There's, y'all hear me talk about Mama Myatt. I mean, Mama Denise over here, she's got a bunch of kids, you know. But I look at her literally as, as a mom. I have an amazing mother. I have an amazing mother-in-law. But I have other mothers. I really do. They keep me in check. Mama Denise keeps me in check. She always does. But <laughs> that's impossible. That's impossible. But guys, what I'm getting at, 
and, and Mama Might has other kids, but she is that type of mother that when she walks in the church, she's going to step up and she's going to mother us as well. Cheryl Collins the same way. Ann Spadafore is the same way. These are women that I take in high regard. What I want to leave you ladies with today is if you're struggling at home to be this warrior mom that we've discussed, reach out to somebody that can mentor you. Reach out to another mother, that seasoned vet we talked about earlier. I'm not going to say old because I know better to say that when you're talking about women. Seasoned vet. What was it? Was it fashioned seasoned vet? See, I use that word, fashioned. Guys, ladies, when you're struggling, seek help. Again, don't let your pride get in the way. A lot of times it's tough for you moms. You think you're too busy to go find that help and to have that communion with other women, but it's so important. And the three I named, I promise you, will help you. I promise you. If I had their number, I'd put it on the screen right now. I'm that confident. They get mad at me, but I'm that confident. Seek help, guys. Grab a pen and paper. And there's no excuse because there's some on the ends of the pews. We brought notepads back. We finally were like, you know what? COVID's, we're, we're just going to bring on notepads back. Grab a pen and paper. Get your phone out. I got something I want y'all to write down, take with you. Go ahead, Nick. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Generations. This whole series, it's about how do we pass down a great legacy to the next generation. Moms, you have probably the, when it comes to children, I truly believe you've, you've got the largest role. Because if you do this biblically, the man is the provider, the wife is the teacher. You're teaching those kids. Again, y'all see them a lot more than we do. This needs to be your thought process each and every day. And again, that's why I have so much respect for y'all because, again, y'all take the back seat for your husband. You take the back seat for your children. I just want you to know how honored you are. I honor you mothers. And I promise you the men sitting in this room, they feel the same way I do. I'm excited to see that there are a lot of new faces here today. And if you're just visiting and you have a church home, I'd ask you to do me a favor. Go back to your pastor and tell him that there's a church that wants to team up with him. We want to work with multiple churches. We're already doing that. We want to work with even more. Because I, my 
thought process, and God's shown me this, and our vision of this church is we're all one church, right? Let's work together. I don't care if it's Methodist, Baptist, Catholic. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We're all children of God. We may have a different belief system, but we all have one common goal. We want to build the kingdom in our way that we've been taught. And as long as we're building the kingdom, that's all that matters. So do me a favor. If you guys are a member of another church, if you're watching online and you're a member of another church, reach out to your pastor. Tell him to give us a shout because we would love to team up with him and serve with him. Moms, sometimes I feel that you moms have been dealt a bad hand, especially those of you that are raising your children on your own, or your husband is not supplying the household, the needs of the household spiritually, financially, or socially. Y'all been dealt a bad hand. Just know that God always has a straight flush. Turn to Him. Always turn to Him. That bad hand you got doesn't matter. He'll make it right. Also, if you're a single mom, if you're struggling at home, trying to take care of your children and so forth, biblically, the church is supposed to step up. We'll do that. If you need help in that area because the father's gone or maybe it's a medical condition and he just can't supply and y'all need help, that's what we're here for. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you. And we may not can help you financially as much as we wish we could because, again, we're a brand new church. My finance team's looking at me like, Michael, what are you doing right now? But we can always be there for you to encourage you, to pray with you, and to lift you up. And sometimes... That goes a whole lot, let me rephrase that, that always goes a whole lot further than a dollar. You can't buy that, but we can give it to you. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you, I thank you, God. Thank you again for the opportunity that you've given this church to not only give your word and spread your word, God, but to build your kingdom in this community. God, I thank you again for this series. It has been such a joy to preach it. Thank you so much, God, for giving me these words. And thank you for trusting me to give that to this church. God, I pray for each and every mom. And God, I just claim, I claim victory over every mom, every situation they may be going through. God, I claim courage on them. I claim boldness on them. Because God, I know sometimes that's what they need. They need that. God, I ask that you continue to grow the minds of our mothers so in turn they can grow the minds of our children that we can continue to build generations and generations of Christian warriors God I feel I feel there might there's somebody online that's struggling as a mother I just ask that they reach out God, the same thing goes for everybody in this room, in this congregation. I just spoke on this, but God, I need them, I need them to understand this is not words. We take action. I need them to know and understand that, God. We're serious about your business. 
bring us the people that it is that you need us to help. God, I praise you and I love you. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us forgive.